was projected onto the long-wave plasma viewer, taking up most of the back wall. From the look of the room behind Wesley, he could only be calling from his Navy office on High Station Quantar, hanging 300 miles above us, in geosynchronous orbit. Wesley's gruff voice was magnified by the long wave and tinted with a heavy new Queensland accent. It filled the room as I came in and sat down on a sofa placed against the back wall facing the screen. I hoped out of range of the viewer. I could see my father's bald head sticking up just over the top of his office chair. From what I could glean, they were in deep conversation about some sort of particulars regarding postings. And then that should do it, Nathan. How long until you make the announcement? asked Wesley. No point in waiting, Jonathan. I'll announce it via long wave to the cadet classes at noon, my father said. Wesley nodded twice, then looked up at me. Not quite out of range, I thought. I see your son has stepped in. Time to get down to business, Wesley said. My father swiveled his chair just far enough to catch my eye, then gestured to one of the two chairs facing the front of his desk. I walked over and sat down, fully aware of the fact that I was on duty and my father was my superior officer. I waited for him to speak or react and started to grow anxious as the silent moments passed. Something was very wrong. Finally, he swiveled around to face me. His desk was by far the largest I had ever seen, and my father was every inch its equal. Wesley's oversized image peered at me from over my father's shoulder. I felt like I was in a fishbowl. My father pulled off his old-fashioned, wire-rimmed glasses and rubbed deeply at his eyes. When he pulled his hand away, I could see his eyes were puffy, with deep red lines running through the whites. I'd only seen him look this way once before, when my brother had died. He reset the glasses, the silver of the wire offset by the white-tinged hair at his temples. I tried to remember what he had looked like with a full head of hair, but found that I couldn't summon the memory. He looked down at his desktop, and then up to me. As you may have guessed, son, there's been some news, he said. I shifted uncomfortably in my chair. My father took in a deep breath, then exhaled. There's no real way to soften this, Peter, so I'll just come straight out with it. There's been an attack on one of our light ships. I felt a lump forming in the pit of my stomach. Admiral Wesley cut in at this. What I'm about to tell you is classified, Lieutenant, he started, then paused, clearing his throat, roughly. Five days ago, two shuttles from HMS Impulse were on a first contact mission to the Levant system when they were hit by a rogue, hyperdimensional displacement wave that went on to hit Impulse herself. The damage was severe. Nine dead on Impulse, ten on the support shuttle, and all twelve on the survey shuttle. His words struck me like a coil rifle round to the gut. Though Impulse was officially a Union Navy vessel, she was manned almost exclusively by Corinthian Navy personnel. The survey shuttle, however, would have been manned by officers from the Quantar Navy. All twelve, I asked, looking to my father and then back to Wesley. Our first contact team? Wesley nodded, a grim look crossing his face. I swallowed hard. Natalie Decker, my first and only girlfriend, was a member of Impulse's first contact team. She'd left only six weeks ago to join the crew of Impulse. But there could be a chance. I'm sorry, son. Natalie Decker was on that shuttle, my father said, cutting through my last faint glimmer of hope. The knot in my stomach tightened even more. I leaned forward, elbows on my knees, 
and covered my face with my hands, fighting back tears. Natalie and I had become close, perhaps closer than we should have allowed during our time at the Union Navy Lightship Academy. It had started innocently enough, studying in groups during late-night cramming sessions, expounding together on ethics in small group discussions, and finding we had much in common. Then one night, it had just been the two of us, alone in the dorm study lounge, and a long conversation about missing our family and friends back home had ended in kisses. From there, though we were always discreet, things had taken their natural course to greater intimacy. We found ourselves making time and space to be together while always keeping our training and duties foremost. She was my first lover, and I hers. And now she was gone. Unfortunately, Peter, came my father's voice, there's no time for tears. When I looked up, my father had regained his composure and sat with his hands folded on the desk.